Hello, this is the Manifesting Your Dreams, a wedding industry podcast. I'm your host, Raquel Bickford. I'm a creative entrepreneur, a mom, and a wedding industry professional. When I started my wedding planning career, I had nothing, but I knew I had the edge to grow in this incredible industry and establish my name. I remember feeling, and still do, I would do anything to be one of the best wedding planners in the world. This podcast is about establishing your goals and manifesting them into a thriving career in the wedding industry. It's also about my personal aspirations and struggles, hearing from other industry professionals and their experiences, and setting your ego aside so that you can attract and receive greatness. You can expect to hear from me each week. I will share with you actionable steps you can take to build a thriving business and connect with other incredible human beings in the wedding industry, no matter where you are. I started this podcast because I feel a great purpose to share my insights, encourage you to push through your comfort zone and help you elevate your mind to exceed your potential in the wedding industry. I hope you learn something, laugh a little, and feel inspired as you go through this next chapter in your life. Now set your ego aside. It's time to manifest your dreams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week of Manifesting Your Dreams, a wedding industry podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Elizabeth Warwick, an amazing wedding photographer based in Napa Valley. We talk about a few things, how her business transformed over the years, the pivotal moment in her journey and how it shaped her business, the one thing that she would tell her past self, an essential moment in her life that was challenging but necessary for growth, foundational advice she would give to someone who has just begun their wedding photography journey, and how the wedding industry reshaped the way she approaches weddings, clients, and planners. Nestled among the rolling hills and vineyards of Napa Valley, Elizabeth Warwick stands as a true creator of legacies in the art of wedding photography. With a passion that knows no bounds and an eye for capturing the most intimate and magical moments, Elizabeth has etched her name as a cherished figure in the wedding industry. Elizabeth's journey began over a decade ago when she picked up her first camera to photograph her newborn, thinking it couldn't possibly be a challenging task. Little did she know that this would be the start of a mesmerizing journey that would see her grow into an abundant wedding career. Her journey has been a rich tapestry of experiences, from capturing simple weddings to luxurious vineyard affairs, with each event a new learned experience and added wisdom that carries on beyond her photography career. Thank you again for tuning in and enjoy my chat with Elizabeth. All right, everyone. Today we have Elizabeth Warwick, a phenomenal photographer. I love you so much. I love your work. You're so talented. I already gave a brief intro of who you are, but we would love to hear from you and your story. But first, how are you feeling today? Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be part of your journey, so I can't wait to see where this takes you. Oh my gosh, this is part of your journey too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so tell us more. Like, We want to know more about your story and how you got to be where you are today because your work is so amazing and editorial and... I just love the styling coming from me as a wedding planner and designer. Like I, I really, really love your work. So tell yeah. the listeners, you know, how you got to be where you are and, you know, the, the journey, the, the crawling that we were talking about before. How did you, how did you get here? Oh my goodness. It feels like a lifetime ago. I've been in the wedding industry for almost 14 years now, and it didn't start off glamorous as everyone portrays the industry to be. 
in fact, I didn't even start as a wedding photographer. I started off like working at like the local JCPenney portrait studio, taking photos of, you know, the Christmas cards and all the little kids wrangling around. And it's just like insanity happening during the holiday season. Um, I actually had two newborn studios that I ran and it was amazing. It was great to have like that opportunity to learn how to really cater to people because it's different. Like when you have like a new parent and like protective of a baby and you have to ease their strengths or like ease their uh, mind to making sure that, all right, we take care of your baby just as much as we take care of you. And I feel like that was like such a big milestone for us to like know how to take care of people. And that definitely transcribed into the wedding industry. However, that was also like a big pivoting point because I quickly learned that newborns and families are not for me. (laughs) And I instantly realized like, okay, I need, I'm a type of person that loves an adrenaline rush. And just being in a room for like four to five hours, hot room, like at a hundred degree temperature, posing a baby and getting, you know, all types of stuff on me all the time was not my thing. So I always tell everybody, I went from wrangling kids to wrangling wedding parties. So I don't know which was the best of both worlds. Let's just stop for a second there. I think this is so interesting because you're you're wanting to be a photographer at this point. You've tried yeah. the JC Penny portrait studio, then you tried newborns, then you tried family portraits. I think it's okay for the listeners to understand that we can pivot in our career. Yes, absolutely. We, until we figure out what we want to do, right? Absolutely. And I feel like Every single milestone is a pivot. Every single time we reach a new threshold, there is definitely things that you're like, okay, I don't like this. So now I want to go into something completely different. And I feel like that's so important to our personal growth and really is honing in on your values and honing in on what really represents you and who you want to help. Because anytime you approach any type of pivot, you have to see how you can be serving mentality, right? Because (sighs) only at that time is when you're actually going to flourish instead of like, having a handout or like, I want, I want, I want. You always have to approach things with like, how can I help? Where can I be better? So when we did that pivot, it was hard because that was my baby for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And my husband and me really had to sit down and say, okay, what do we really want? We had just moved. I was honestly burning more money than I was making with the studios because the overhead had become so intense. And with newborn photography, you're constantly buying new props, new fashions, new backgrounds. And of course, rent increases were a huge thing too. So my husband and I had to really sit down and like really think because we were going through like a really hard time during that time. And I was like, I want to quit. I don't want to be a photographer anymore. This is getting too hard. Um, I'm not providing enough for my family. Like I wanted to be like the support system that we needed. And at that time, my husband sat me down and he said, really think about this because and I was very salty about this for a a little while, but he's like, you're not a good employee. He's like, you are a leader. It's like, but you are not an employee person. He's like, really think about this. And he's like, and think about what your future will look like. And one thing that he like really said that always resonated to me, he's like, put out whatever energy you want out there, right? Or there's always like, the, the thing he said was, there's always like this dark energy holding you back from your best self or something in those terms, right? And at the time I was like heartbroken and I was like, no, this is my baby. I want to continue this. But then after he said that, I was like, okay, so if I get past this challenge, what's going to be the reward, you know? Mm-hmm. So at that point, I really sat down and I was like, okay, he was pushing me towards wedding and I was resistant. 
because I didn't think, you know, I could be lucrative in weddings. So I didn't think that I could provide for my family the same way. So after we let the studio go and I really honed in on creating like a, a system for us, it really worked out really well. Okay. So in transition from shutting the, the studio down to booking your first wedding client, tell us about that. Oh, okay. So I, this is crazy. I was already doing newborns and the way that I kind of transitioned into weddings is that I had a friend at the portrait studio that said, Hey, come second shoot with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, this is not my thing. I've never shot a wedding. I don't know what to do. She's like, it's okay. I have a second shooter, but you can just like tag along and just see what it's like. Um, it was not the prettiest wedding, obviously, you know, it was just like, you know, run of a mill wedding yeah. in Sacramento and it was just, it, it was whatever. But the adrenaline rush that you feel, I came home exhilarated and I told my husband, I was like, this, this is it. I was like, I can do this. I can create this into something amazing. And after that, it really snowballed into like, okay, but how can I do it better? Right. Or how can I improve it? Or how can I make this into a career worthy, you know, put all my eggs in one basket because essentially that's what I did. And I ran with it and I felt like it just so, it was so liberating. I filled my creative cup. At the mm-hmm. time, I also was like, okay, well, this is going to help us pay for, you know, our mortgage, or this is going to help us pay for, you know, the electricity bills, or any little thing that I was like concerned about already. And I didn't have like the overhead, you know, stagnant in my right. head. Like, okay, well, now I don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z. Um, but the way that it was interesting because the first time I took a wedding, I charged five hundred dollars for like a twelve-hour day. And I was there. This is a similar story, by the way. Yeah. This is is a storyline that a lot of people are going to resonate with because you just have to get out there and you have to get your portfolio going. Exactly. And again, it wasn't a luxurious wedding or I I think – I made sure that they knew this is my first solo wedding. You know, I was very, very clear, like, hey, this is just the beginning of my journey. If you guys allow me into this moment, I will do my absolute best and go above and beyond. Um, Because I was so new into the wedding world and the photography world, I was still kind of like learning the process. So I hand edited like 3000 photos. 3,000 photos. So already there, I, I, I remember coming home after the meeting because this is back then where you met the clients at a coffee shop and just like had a conversation. Um, I remember coming home with my iPad and a check. And I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I can't take this check. I told him, I was like, there's no way I can take it. This is way too much money. It's like $500 for a wedding. I was like, no way. And my husband's like, honey, that's almost nothing. <laughs> You know, he was like, okay, just do it, you know, get the experience, learn. I continued second shooting. I continue to, to learn and grow. I didn't go to a fancy art college. You know, I didn't go to a university. I don't have an art degree. My husband's the one with the art degree. Um, and he, he works with you, right? He is now your second photographer. Yeah, so we are a husband and wife team and that's story for a little bit later, maybe, but, um, (laughs) But no, I feel I felt like, okay, well, we're going to keep shooting. We're going to keep learning different things. And I, again, I didn't go to any type of fancy college. So everything, every resource that was possibly out there, I took any free resource at the time. I was like, okay, YouTube university queen right here. 
You know, there's no resource that I didn't dig up on Google at the time. And then you can remember this was back in like 2007, where YouTube was still kind of relatively new. There was a little bit hesitancy there. Um, I felt like the wedding industry itself back then was very, very gate kept. There was mm-hmm. not a lot of resources out there. So everything that we learned today has definitely been from like, challenges, mistakes we've made. Every single uh, mistake we made has helped us grow. Every single challenge, I always like, okay, universe, what do you have for me next? Just a couple days ago, we were having a bad morning at home trying to get the kids out of school. And um, two things went wrong that morning. I was like, all right, universe, what else you got for me? And behold, lo and behold, you know, I got an email that was like, okay, well, now I have to deal and put this fire out, you know? So I always welcome those challenges because they're definitely growth builders. I love getting challenges because there's nothing that it won't teach me, you know, and then the next time something similar happens, you know how to prepare for it and how to battle against it. Right. Because there will always be challenges. Absolutely. And I agree with you. It's the universe is not giving you those challenges to be mean and stick it to you because karma in some way it is, it's how you react to the challenges is how the universe will provide to you next in a more positive way. Oh, yeah. I am a firm believer that whatever energy you put out into the world is what you Mm -hmm. get back. And I learned this the hard way. Again, my husband is like a huge proponent in my business and in just like personal life, obviously. But like, I learned it with him. I grew up in like a very negative household where everything was a challenge. And when things got hard, you run away, right? And my husband's completely opposite. My husband's like, if there's a challenge, he's going to run head on, take care of it and figure it out. So that's like some things that I pick up from him where he's like, okay, challenge accepted. But when you get through that challenge, you're going to be rewarded with something. So every time like we put out negative energy and every time you're putting out like bad things are going to happen, that's the same energy you're going to get back. So even when we're having like a really hard day or really um, just difficult time, I always try to think of the positive that's going to come out of that just because it is it is what it is. You know, the universe is listening to everything we do. And the more positivity you give it, the more positivity you're going to get back. And I really, really try to teach the kids that too, just because sometimes, especially teenagers, right? Especially teenagers right now, they're like, okay, well, oh, this is so bad. My life is ending. And I was like, okay, but where's the positive? Find the positive in the dark. So that's something that we absolutely try to teach everybody around us. I love that. Oh, you're like speaking to my soul right now. This is amazing. I live my day like this. This is so incredible. <laughs> Thank you for being so open too. This is I, I'm so happy. Um, okay, so continue on to your 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 story here. You booked the five hundred dollar wedding. How did it go after and what was your what was your biggest uh fish, I guess you caught next? So for a while, I was stuck in that, like, there's no way anyone's going to pay more than $1,500 for a wedding, right? And in my mind, again, because information out there was so limited, I stayed in that price point for a very long time. But I think it also had to do with the people around me and um, the company that I kept, that they were, like, stagnant, you know, or, like, I, I wasn't really part of, like, a lot of clicks or a lot of groups. I felt like I was a lone wolf creating this business on my own. And I had to like guard everything just like everybody else was. But once we got past that threshold where I was like, okay, what's next? We kept booking like $500 weddings for quite for a while. And then I realized I was like, okay, this is a lot of work. Like I can't, I can't continue this 
this is not sustainable. So I did start like increasing my pricing slowly, slowly, slowly. And then I, I met a few people. They're like, okay, well, you know, you're doing great. Everything looks good. Um, and then we just started kind of growing from there. I don't even, I don't even remember it's such a long time ago, but <laughs> it was definitely like a slow growth journey. And it wasn't until um, around 2016, mm-hmm. 2015, 2016, where I had to make the big decision of like finally closing down the studios because for a while I was doing weddings and I was doing newborns and um, I had to make this big, big decision, like what I wanted to keep. And once we decided to let that go, it's when I hyper-focused on our brand. And this is when we really started thinking, okay, what kind of client do we want to serve? Because- mm-hmm. At the time, I was doing volumes and volumes of weddings, and I was burning out. And my husband's yeah. like, you're tired all the time. You're cranky all the time. I have toddlers. You know, toddlers yeah. are a lot of work. And taking away weekends from them all the time, I always, like, my morals and my my priority is always that, you know, I, I want, we have 10 years with our kids. That's what I tell everybody. You have 10 years, like, solid years with your kids before they want to go to a friend's house. They want to do this. So my priority was always centered around them and the time that I want to take it back to them. So after being burned out for a while, I was like, okay, well, I need to figure something out. And this is when I started telling my husband, I was like, I need to raise my prices like a significant amount. Book me or not, you know, it'll be less work, but book me or not, I'm going to be more present and more of a mom or more of a wife, you know, because Mm -hmm. that's really important. And my husband was like, that's, that's crazy. Like, why are you raising your prices that much? No one's going to book you. And I was like, trust me, trust me. There's a process to this, you know? And at that point, like more education was coming out. You could go to workshops at that time. So I remember going to this workshop in San Francisco and I showed some people my work and they're like, why are you charging so little? And I was like, what do you mean? You know, I was like, what do you mean? Like 2,500 is like a normal cost of a wedding. And they're like, honey, no. You're like, you know, they're like, your your work is amazing. You're undercharging. And that's why people are probably not booking you. And I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. I started really thinking about it. And I remember having a conversation with a really close friend. I was like, when I reach this threshold of like booking a certain amount of money for weddings, I know I've made it, you know? And once we got there, I was like, okay, well, now I was getting the attention of our local planners or, you know, attention of venues. And then social media started being a really big part of our business. So that's when it kind of like snowballed into, into like establishing myself in the Napa area. I was a go-to for a little while, but then I outgrew that market, right? Because you get comfortable in that like comfort area zone where everybody's booking you and they're booking at your highest package. And now I was again booking at a high volume. And I was like, okay, if I'm booking at the <laughs> high volume again, <laughs> I think it's time to 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 do something a little bit different. But then I I um we all went through this different, of course, the C word, you know, like the 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 2020 year that no one wants to ever remember. But honestly, that was the moment where we grew exponentially. I feel like 2020 was my favorite year. And and that sounds so selfish. Selfishly uh, going to kind of call that out. But I do feel like that is when I put my head down, put Mm -hmm. in the work, and really focused on branding, personal branding, and establishing myself as somebody that could potentially be greater than life, you know, or give you like the best experience in the world. Because I already had like so, I think at that time, like 12 years in the industry or something like that. I don't girl math my math right now. But um, at that time, like I was like, all right, let's put our head down. Nobody's getting work. We're getting all these cancellations. I was like, I'm going to focus on my branding, on how I'm serving people. 
I came into it with like a very, very different serving mentality. I remember in March of 2020, I was at a conference and there was a speaker out there and she, I was, I was going through a really tough time mentally because I was starting to compare myself to other photographers. And I was like, I've been in the industry for so long. How come I'm not producing the work that I want to produce at this time? Right. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, who Mm -hmm. am I to charge these prices? But then we went to this workshop and there was a speaker on stage. I really don't remember who it was, but she said something in terms that it's literally engraved in my mind forever. She said, fly your own plane. I'll never forget that because the pilot next to you isn't worried about how the other pilot is flying his own plane, right? They're getting up in the air, they're cruising, and then they're landing. Nobody else cares what they're doing. So when I hyper-focused on my own business, and it's like I really blocked people. I muted people. I cut ties with friendships that were very negative to me and or like negative in my household. And it really helped me propel because at that point, we hyper-focused on everything. And then our business just blossomed. And it's an incredible way to, like, it's it's almost unbelievable to me. Like, I honestly look back and I'm like, wow, I really did accomplish this. Or sometimes I feel a little selfish and like, this is not enough. Or, you know, you get a wedding inquiry still for like $3,000 and I like snub it at, snub at it. I'm like, that is somebody's hard-earned money, you know? And then I go back to our past and say, everybody's been there. I have to humble myself down to be like, right. okay you know, get back into the serving mentality, why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, really dig deep in in, in myself and say, all right, why am I feeling this? Why am I feeling selfish about this? And then work through those feelings and then still feel like I'm serving them in some way or another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're speaking my language. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This is incredible because this podcast is all about manifesting your dreams in the wedding industry. And you are and have been doing just that. Yes. And you believe in yourself and you believe in the universe and resonance and the law of attraction. And I love that you're teaching your kids this. I am too. I have I have a daughter. Uh, but it, your story is just incredible. Thank you. It's definitely something else. <laughs> so um, what was an essential moment that was challenging but necessary for your growth? I know you touched on, on a little bit, but what's a what's a scenario? What's a story? I do feel like a lot of personal issues arised when, uh, during a portion of our year where our life really came to a halt. Uh, we had some health issues and uh, just overall really a really tough time personally. And that made me stop everything. My life just mm-hmm. came to a halt. And this was like in the middle of wedding season, or I think the beginning of wedding season. And I was like, how am I going to handle my personal life and the rest of the year? So for me, like once my life stopped, like everything just came to a complete halt. It was crazy the way that happened because at that point, my attention had to be a hundred percent focused on our issue. And my core values changed. I feel like my core values were like, okay, I have very, very needy brides. I have a volume of clients and that's great. And I'm thankful. And I really need to be appreciative of all that. But now I'm neglecting what's really happening at home. So Hmm. I stopped and think about why I started doing what I'm doing, right? I started photography to be able to provide for my family and to really be there for my kids when they needed me. And I felt like I stopped doing that. So when I realized that 
I started neglecting my personal life and just focusing only on business. That's when I was like, okay, we need to, we need to have a chat. We need to have a, a really real conversation with my husband and think, what do we want to do from now on? Because he runs his own business too. He has a company as well. So when you have a new business, you know, you have to put all your time into that. And same with me, my business wasn't new, but in the wedding industry, you never stop learning. You know, uh, there's always going to be very, very different challenges every single year, you know? Right. So I feel like once I dug deep, we had a deep conversation. I told my husband, I was like, I can't serve the amount of clients I'm serving right now. And still Which was about how many? Um, just to give us some context. Yeah. So I think I was still, I was still photographing 30 weddings a year, like 20, 25 to 30 weddings a year. And I won't lie today, um, this year I did my, the same thing to myself, which I completely regret. No, I com- I'm serious. I completely yeah. regret it. I am very thankful. I'm very grateful that I am able to serve this volume of clients, but it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want to give everybody my best. And at that point, like I'm not able to give every single person my best. Yes, I have a team behind me that is very helpful and I could not do what I do without them. But at the same time, I, I am giving up soccer games, basketball games, or, you know, I'm not able to let my kids go do certain things because mommy's not going to be home this weekend. Or, you know, like I don't have like the support system to say, hey, my parents are going to take them X, Y, and Z. It's not the right. same like that for me. So. Once that happened, we reshifted, we regained traction on a different way. I had to let go of my social media manager last year, which was an incredible help. And I, I then really started to focus on how I wanted to present my business for the next five years. Right now I have a Mm -hmm. five-year business plan for the next five years and how I want that to go. And what it looks like for me is a lot less weddings at, at a higher price point just because my kids are getting older. You know, we're already talking about college. We're already talking about helping buy a car or, you know, our priorities shift as our our children age, right? So right now my priority is them. My priority is spending every single minute I possibly can with them. So that's when I really felt like, okay, well, we are reaching a new threshold right now. Mm -hmm. I'm in the same boat as you. Like back, you know, before COVID and I had a team, we were doing, you know, 25 full service weddings a year. And as a planner, we're not just the photographer, right? We're responsible for every little detail, the millions of details. And so after COVID, we we brought that back and, um, you know, I went on my own and, and Carly went on her own and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do, you know, 15 weddings per year. And that was a lot. <laughs> it is. I cannot imagine the planner workload that you have for those 15. Yeah. Weddings. And so um, I ended up doing 14 this year and I am changing my my pricing structure so that I can do less, focus on them more and focus on my daughter and my personal life too. And yeah. also bringing this podcast to everyone because I am on a journey of serving Mm-hmm. And I want to serve more people than just my couples. I love that. That makes my heart so happy because I feel like we do align on that same level. But when yes. you mentioned like, okay, you want to serve them and you want to take on less. When we take on less, it doesn't necessarily mean less work. It just means Correct. more hyper-focus on the higher level tasks, right? Exactly. It's not, it's not that we're taking on less work because we want to be more picky or maybe we can, but 
at the same time, it's more so to like really dedicate that time. And like you said, serve the clients well, because I think that's incredibly important. How you make people feel is how they'll absolutely remember you. Absolutely. And we want to make their wedding weekend the best weekend they've ever had. So it's picking vendors like you that we know you're going to take such great care of them and you're not going to be rushing around and be like, hey, next, like what's the next photo? It's like graciously flowing through the day of timelines to ensure that we're present and we're focused. And I feel like by taking less, let's say just less clientele rather than less work, it gives us the mental capacity on the wedding days to be fully present because we've given our children the time, we've given our family the time, and now we can give our clients the time. And it's we're like not going back to burning filling, at both ends. Yeah, but it's also like filling that creative cup too, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, as creatives, because I know planners or anybody in the wedding industry, they're absolutely creatives. And when you don't have certain amount of creativity input into your life, it is hard to just function, right? So it's good to have a little bit of everything equally balanced because I, I have a hard time believing in work-life balance. It has to happen, of course, but there's also a, a space where you need to realize that, okay, well, if you don't market yourself or if you don't put in the work or if you really don't, you know, really hone in on your skills, the life, the work-life balance kind of just, you know, it's not there. And right right now I do feel, um, and maybe this is going to sound a little harsh, but I feel like there is a very anti-hustle culture right now, you know, like the, the very, the very lazy work ethic, or they're really hard finding like hardworking, hard ethical people to work with. And that's one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why I brought my husband on board because I was so disappointed with the second shooters that were out there and I was putting so much time into them and teaching them and training them and doing all these things. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I can't go. Sorry. You know, or, or just like finding hardworking people. It's really difficult. So I really do think that it's just beneficial when everybody hustles just a little bit. I'm not saying work, work to your dead, you know, that you have to have some type of like return and investment for your personal health. But at the same time, like, the anti-hustle culture is like, it's not realistic to only work five minutes in your business and then get like all this Expect a million dollars, right? Exactly. Like what exactly. they do. Yeah. yeah. You work hard at your dream. And that's one thing that like, I feel like is very instilled in us as well. And again, something that I work, learned from my husband is you got to work hard for what you want. Nothing is going to be handed to you. I think that's what we've learned as being millennials is that we've gone through a recession. We've gone through COVID. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We've gone through a national tragedy. It's just um, I feel like our generation is the hustlers. We have to see the good. We have to we have to survive on our own. No one's going to do it for us, right? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I'm I'm so glad that we're having this conversation um, because it is across. It's not just photographers, and I, I'll say this too. Um, you know, you you try to rely on you know, day of assistance. And then you check in with them like, okay, I've got this great team. We've worked together before. They're like, oh, actually I'm not available now. And like, it's the panic that sets in. Yeah. So you want to give, yeah, go ahead. So it's just a word to people who are wanting to break into this industry, who want to be photographers, who want to be wedding planners. 
and we're, we're telling you like you have to put in the work by being a second shooter for a while and learning under someone great or being a day of assistant learning through someone great, you've got to put in the work. You've got to hustle. You've got to show us that you're meant to be here. Yeah. It, I think that is a big proponent of how the industry is shifting right now because there's so many new vendors out there that want to put in minimum effort and mm-hmm. reap all the rewards. And I'm like, this is just not how it works. Right. Right. And as a planner, that's challenging because we're like pulling teeth, trying to get you to respond. You know what I mean? Like it's just we need we need consistency. Yes. We need dedication, positivity, reliability. reliability. And that is what is going to make you a great person in this industry. That is what is what is going to make your career thrive. Exactly. So this is a manifestation podcast. Mm -hmm. What do you do to manifest in your daily life? It could be something small like journaling or affirmations. How do we, how do we learn through you, Elizabeth, on how you manifest? (laughs) So interesting enough, like I didn't realize I was manifesting for a very long time. And I learned the term manifestation when we're going through some really difficult times. But the way that I approached it is like, Every time before I hopped on a call with a client or every time before I had a meeting with a client, I would sit down with myself and put out my intentions. You know, how am I going to serve this client? Where can we, you know, make their day easier? How can I, you know, X, Y, and Z? And then I always say like, okay, if it's meant to be for me, it's going to be. Or when I was having hard times, like getting leads or um, when, you know, everybody has their slow times and things like that. I'd always say, and I have this written on a note right here on my screen, it says, an abundance of qualified leads for venues I'm available for with amazing clients that are willing and able to afford my pricing. And I feel like for me, that is such a calling. Or like, I'll find myself cooking or like walking out the door or doing laundry. And I'll say that in my head, like just naturally say it in my head. And the way that I'm doing that is like, okay, I'm putting that energy out there because I will receive it. And I want to be able to put positivity. And the reason I say willing and able is because I want clients that are able, you know, and willing to work with me as an artist, not just Mm -hmm. as a price point. I want them to be excited to work with me and I want them to really resonate with me. And I don't want to ever put anybody in debt just because, you know, weddings are expensive. I do want it to be like a really natural transition. And another thing I do is like I, every time I manifest something in my life, I want to live it. Right. So there was a time where I really wanted this amazing car. Crazy, crazy, crazy dream. And I said to myself, one day I'll be driving this all white Range Rover, you know, black rims, black interior. I would sit in my truck. I would sit in my Dodge Ram and say, this is what the steering wheel is going to look like. This is what's going to smell like. I would envision myself in this car driving down the street. I got chills. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I can tell you today that I drive my dream car. And it is, it, it is amazing. It's an amazing feeling because I put that into the world for so long. And I really, really worked really, really hard at it. And when the time came to actually place that order, I couldn't believe it. I told my husband, I was like, babe, no. And he's like, you deserve this. Like you worked your ass off for a very long time. He's like, take care of it. Go do it. You know? And to me, that was like the most liberating thing that I felt like I could afford a lifestyle where 
I don't have to worry about certain things. You know, I, again, I grew up, I grew up very poor. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a, in a very, um, I don't know how much I can share about this, but I, I grew up very poor, you know, almost, I want to say almost homeless, but not necessarily like on the street. Like we would always be sleeping in a one bedroom apartment, all five of us together. Yeah. Or, you know, going to, um, going to like church memberships and stuff like that, where they give you free food or living off top ramen for, for weeks, you know? And I look back and I'm like, wow, if, if I went back, like, there's no way that this person would believe where, what I've accomplished. And I, I truly believe it's all in believing yourself and believing that you can do it and making sure that you're taking care of yourself first before you take care of anybody else, because nobody's going to do it for you and putting out those intentions and putting out those, um, it's not wishing, you know, I Mm -hmm. I used to think like manifesting was like wishing on a star, but it's really not. It's really about putting out the energy, but you have to put out the physical energy to, to get to where you want to be. Right. So when it came to like really growing and really being where I am, I feel like manifesting definitely took a huge part of it. And my husband's a very spiritual person and he was always the one that was like, okay, the dark energy, the good energy, the bad energy. And I learned a lot from him. And I do feel like now, even as a learning opportunity, you know, we're going through a lot of things right now too, but it is an opportunity for me to like stop, take a step back and see what my priorities are and see how I can manifest another chapter of our life that's coming in right now too. Oh my gosh. I have chills and I like teared up. I know no one can see that, but like I teared up because I'm also driving my dream car that I've always (laughs) wanted. Oh my god! And it's white, and it has black rims. <laughs> okay, so see, we're we're the part we're we're part of that club. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> and it took a while for it to to come into place. I think that took me like ten years to get that car. Oh yeah, but that's no. what I think. That's what we're saying is like it's not like I really want a Lexus SUV. I really want a Lexus SUV. You know, and just like repeating it. It's like, well, how can the universe support you into getting the income and the stability to buy that Lexus SUV. Yeah, because it's not just getting there, right? It's maintaining it. Right? Anything. You you want your dream house? Yes, you can get to a certain income goal and that'll be great, but you have to be able to maintain it. I feel right. like a lot of people too, like get to a very stagnant point in their business. And that is where the slow and inevitable death happens. You know, you get comfortable and you don't take risk. This is when you know, you're going to start feeling it in the next few months too. So for Absolutely. me, like being in this position, it's not just, well, I made it. No, I'm looking for my next level. What is my next investment in my business? What is the best way that I can maintain the lifestyle that I have? Because like it or not, I made it more expensive for myself, you know? So now that, and then again, we're thinking about college. We're thinking about cars for my kids. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about potentially moving one day. So you know, we need to be able to sustain and maintain. So we need to continue working hard. And yes, manifesting is still a big part of it. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. Oh my God. So honored to have you on the show. Tell us uh, where we can find you on Instagram, your website, so we can give you some love. Oh yeah. So you can find me at Elizabeth Warwick underscore in Instagram. I'm not a TikTok fan. Um, trying to dig into it, but, um, we'll see, but you can find my website at Elizabeth Warwick. Everything is just my name. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see you guys there. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. We loved it. Yay. Well, thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait to see who else you have on the podcast and listen to all those episodes as well. And this journey is going to be so rewarding for you. I cannot wait to see it. Thank you. It's another milestone for me. Absolutely. Yes. It's a beautiful milestone. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. I absolutely loved talking with Elizabeth and I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Be sure to subscribe to the mailing list so you never miss an episode. Go to rokeevents.com forward slash podcast. You will also get my freebie download on how to manifest the very best day. Cannot wait to meet you here again and have a great day.